Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Pav. And I'm Neil. And welcome to the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's start the countdown! 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. There are not many directors that have a genre named after them, but Quentin Tarantino is one such director. Whether it's a tantalising dialogue or tense building of action or just balls out gore fest, vi- born- oh God, gore fest, violent. <laughs> Tarantino is a one of a kind. Get to write your opening speech. <laughs> I wish I could. Here is Neil, another one of a kind, with 10 Tarantino facts. Thank you very much, Pat. So here we go. So Tarantino's middle name is Jerome. That was fucking trippy. <laughs> <laughs> he dropped out of school at the age of 16 to train to act at the James Best Theatre Company. However, he became bored of this after two years and dropped out. And you will know my name is the Lord. He was an employee of the video rental store Video Archives. Tarantino would observe what people would like to watch and has claimed this influenced his directorial efforts. You shoot me in a dream, you better wake up and apologise. Tarantino co-wrote and directed a movie called My Best Friend's Birthday in 1987, but the film reels were almost fully destroyed in a fire. The screenplay went on to provide the basis for true romance. That's a bingo. (laughs) (laughs) After watching Reservoir Dogs, Madonna, who was the subject of the opening dialogue, sent Tarantino a copy of her erotica album with the message, To Quentin, it's not about dick, it's about love, Madonna. (laughs) Don't you hate that? Hate what? Uncomfortable silences. He has claimed he likes to leave 20% of the movie unseen. For example, not showing you what is in the suitcase in Pulp Fiction. So the movie is really yours. Ooh, that's a bingo. (laughs) He regularly drives around his hometown of Malibu in the pussy wagon from Kill Bill. (laughs) That was fucking trippy. (laughs) (laughs) And the bad motherfucker wallet seen in Pulp Fiction actually belonged to Quinton. 
You shoot me in a dream, you better wake up and apologize. <laughs> and over 450 gallons of fake blood were used in the two Kill Bill films. Ooh, that's a bingo. <laughs> And Tarantino was offered the job of directing Men in Black, but he decided to turn it down. And you will know my name is the Lord. Is that it, Neil? That is it. Wonderful. Oh dear, we've got some we've got some discussing to discuss with this one. I'll tell you. Oh, Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, we'd like to introduce the one and only Kirsten. Hello, Kirsten. Hi, how are how, you? How we're very well. How are you? I'm doing great. Doing, I actually just got back. Ironically, I just got back from taking my son to see Paws of Fury and Samuel L. Jackson had <laughs> a voice in it. And of course, they had to uh, do the silly jokes like because it was all cats. He said something like, you know, what what the fluff? Right. Uh, right. What the flush <laughs> instead of. Yeah. But his favorite, favorite one is Mother. Did they say Mother Fluffer? No, they didn't say Mother. At least oh. I didn't, if they did, I didn't hear it. But I did hear what the flush and what the fluff. So Right, right. <laughs> uh, oh, dear. So fantastic. we're doing top 10 Tarantino movie scenes. Now, I don't know about you guys. Um, this is probably the most fun I've had uh, mm. compiling a top 10. And the most I had to whittle down a 10 yeah. from. Um, yes, Kirsten, where where were you in regards to how hard this was for you? It was hard because my initial list, I realized I had too many from my two favorite, my favorites, Kill Bill 1 and 2 and Pulp Fiction. Those are my three favorite. And it was really hard because I picked like stuff mostly from those. And I realized I needed to go to some of his other movies that I also love and uh, find some some clips too. And then I had to rearrange the order several times. (laughs) Yeah, Neil. I like like we've said before, this is a subject that you could have chosen ten scenes from each movie. Mm-hmm. I think yes. So we easily. could have been here. We could easily have done this on and on and on. Yeah, we? I feel we've missed a trick. We could have probably got ten episodes out of this one subject, mm-hmm. couldn't yeah. we? We could have done the ten best scenes from Kill Bill, and you just yeah. well Reservoir Dogs and gone through every single movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I've I've cheated a bit on a couple of mine. Um, where we're talking about best scenes, I've gone for almost like for best twenty-five minute chunks out of a movie because yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> you can't just pick one scene from that particular bit. I'll explain what I mean uh, when I I go through some of mine. But um, so so Kirsten, you said about your favorite Kill Bill one and two and Pulp Fiction. They're your favorite Tarantino movies. Yeah, those are what I think my top three favorite. Um, I probably, it was funny because when I was going through and I was re-watching parts of all, I've seen all of his movies except for The Hateful Eight. I really couldn't get through that one. That one was just, I, I got like halfway through and I'm I'm sure if I had held out, <laughs> it would have gotten better, but that's the only one that I'm not a fan of. Um, and when I was revisiting some of his, I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about how much I love this scene, uh, or, you know, the, the things that happen in this movies. Uh, I, I really, I enjoy his movies because he's always got strong female leads. Uh, and I just, I really like that about his, his movies. Yeah. So especially, especially mm. like Kill Bill, those yeah. especially. You know, what, what, and what ones are your favorites? Oh, what, what what do you sort of mean? As in like your favourite Tarantino movie? Not um, well, I'm still a huge fan of Reservoir Dogs. People mm-hmm. chastise me because it was always, who, what do you prefer, 
Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction. I still prefer Reservoir Dogs. I don't know what it is about that movie, but it, I was lucky, one of the lucky ones when it was first released in the UK. It didn't garner much publicity when it was first out in 92. And I went to sit twice on the bounce, two nights on the trot, and I fell in love with it then, and I stayed in love with it. And then everybody else came on board when the press got hold of it and everything. Um, I don't think, I think, I don't think he's done a bad movie, has he? Um, mm-hmm. Probably his weakest to me is Death Proof. Yeah, but I, I like that one too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I still like it. I think it works it better. It is the weakest, as the, but it's got some good stuff in it. Still. Yeah, and I think it works better as the shorter one when it's part mm-hmm. of the Grindhouse together. Yeah, so much better yes. than when it is expanded. But still, it's still a great. If that's your worst film, you're not doing bad, are you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> See, I don't know if it's controversial, but I I've not been able to rewatch Jackie Brown. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like like all the other ones, I can rewatch and rewatch, and for some reason, I have a mental block over Jackie Brown. I, I don't think I can I can name a scene from it. That's oh, is that because thing. he didn't write it, or because I, don't, I have no idea? I have no idea what the mental block is for Jackie Brown. Yeah, it's definitely it a different mood than his other mm. movies. Definitely different feeling because I did. I ended up rewatching almost all of it this last weekend. You can definitely feel it's a different yeah. right mood throughout. Right. And I think that's because it was not his. It was a <laughs> yeah. original source, was it? it yeah, was... yeah. Maybe, maybe that's what it was. I mean, the the one thing Kirsten is obviously very happy about. Kirsten is very happy about is that we're not doing Tom uh, Tom Cruise movies. Sorry, <laughs> no. I didn't realize it's, just, it's the whole Scientology jumping up on Oprah's sofa. That whole just and his his attitude about mental health really really rubs me the wrong way i'm a teacher and so i work with kids who are neurodivergent and for him to just kind of do that that just turned me off right well he's been he's been local to us as we we record this hasn't he he's been uh he has he's been loitering around where we live that sounds that sounds really yeah that sounds really bad neil let's put it in context he went to a he went to a uh, an an air show near us he hasn't just been loitering around by our houses has he oh he has been mine oh has he he's been trying to get you into scientology that's what he's been trying to do (laughs) okay right we'll have a lot to discuss i'm sure so right uh, kirsten if you would like to tell us what your number 10 tarantino best movie scene is Okay, so this is one I had much further up my list, but I moved it to number 10 just because it's a quiet, it's the ending scene of Jackie Brown where Jackie's trying to get uh, Max to go with her, you know, as she's, you know, got all the money and it's the end of the movie and he's like, no, you know, I'm just going to stay here. And just the whole, for everything about it was like, you know, they kiss each other. And then afterwards you can see her lipstick on his face. Mm-hmm. She's driving in the car. She's singing along. And I kept thinking, okay, maybe he's going to like change his mind and go after her, but he didn't. Uh, so I think it was more, more real, more mature of an ending. Um, it's still a fairly happy ending, but not the ending I was quite expecting. So great choice. Right. So who's right. So who's Max? Um, Max is Robert Forrester. Oh, right. Oh, okay. And I was okay. so in love with him in that movie too. <laughs> he was like the he was like the bondsman, wasn't he? he was like the, the bail, yeah, he was. The, yeah, he was like the bail bondsman. Bail yeah. bondsman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do remember that. I do remember. I remember the character because isn't um, Michael Keaton in it? Uh, he is the yes. same character that he was in um, Out, Out of Sight. sight. 
That's right. I knew yeah, there was some kind of crossover. some kind of link there. Yeah, I do need I do need to do some research and to to, to sit watch, and watch it again because I absolutely love this movie. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Then that's a great one to kick us off with, uh, Neil. Your number ten then. Well, let's have a bit more Jackie Brown, shall oh, we? God, okay. this is my Please 10. tell me you haven't done ten, both of you done ten Jackie Brown no. scenes. No, no. I'm going to be able to. <laughs> so this is the scene where Lewis, which is Robert De Niro's character, can't find his car, and he has the uh, Melanie, who's Bridget Fonda, <laughs> waffling at him all the time. And this is really brutal. You don't realise how brutal, brutal it is. He shoots her straight bang in the car park, yeah. and then goes off. And it's almost a shock. It's one of these blink and you miss it deaths that tarantino mm. does so well but i just think that's a great scene it whole... was a great scene that was one i had and then i moved because i'm like i did i did love it and it was yeah. really funny too because i was wa- i was watching it on my ipad i didn't want my son to see it but he could hear all the swearing and what's going on i'm like it's okay yeah but de niro is fantastic in this movie that was it's, so good he's yeah. such a i mean he, he's a great actor anyway but it's a great performance and it's and it's one that's not banded around about de niro his performance no. in jackie brown it's so good because he's almost uh, sad in it if you know mm-hmm. what i mean he's almost a bit of a, he's not the hard man he thinks he is but i mean that scene is brutal and but it is funny yeah. at the same time <laughs> Oh, hello. Sorry. Hello. Yeah. You're not supposed to do that. It's better to stay out of here. Oh, bless him. It was oh, nice bless. to say hello. Yeah. Um, I also should say, before we really get into the meat of all this, that we will be spoiling movies. Let me just say, yes. we will be. If, if you happen to be, why you will come and watch, uh, list, watch or listen a Tarantino best scenes without watching the movies. Mm. Yes. I'm talking like that, and I have, I've only just watched like. Jackie Brain once or twice. I do remember the scene that he gets shot in, though, because that's um, Samuel L. Jackson that shoots him yeah. in the van, isn't it? Is that right? Yeah. Well, it's basically the aftermath of what happened. Yeah, the aftermath. Ah, right. He's yeah. Like, oh, she dead? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But the performances in Jackie Brown, the acting in it is sublime. People, you know, they band around like you're Christoph Waltz, and he was superb, but Jackie Brown should get more of a recognition for people's acting in it. Right. Gets, do you know mm. what I mean? They're all so good in it. They really are. Okay. That sounds yeah, I've, you've sold me. I need to I need to watch it again. Mm. I do. No problem. Okay. My number 10. Um, it's one of the things that Tarantino I think does really well is have these little enclosed stories within the movies that they're in. And it'll be like in independent stories that tell something about the past of a particular character. It's the gold watch story in pulp fiction. The, that uh, is my number seven. That's your number seven. Uh, no, I put that on my runner up. I really wanted to pick that one too, but that was like I had picked so many. Yeah. <laughs> the Bridget Fonda scene too was another one of my runner ups. Right, right. Yeah, so it's it's the backstory about Butch's watch yeah. that uh, that his girlfriend has forgotten to pick up from his from his nightstand and uh, then we find out it's Christopher yeah. Walken, who was a, a soldier friend of his, uh, mm-hmm. of his father, mm-hmm. and uh, hid the watch up his ass for up I can't his ass. Many, <laughs> yeah, I can't remember how many yeah. how many years he had it for, had it for. And it's the fact Five that like years. the way that Christopher Walken says it is he's, he's almost like a little bit effeminate with the way yeah. that he says it, and you sort of think, oh my god, this this watch that this poor kid is like coveted for years and years and years because it's his dad's old watch 
has been living up this guy's ass for the was it, five years. I think he did. He did in his yeah. It's the way he said yes. But, but yeah, it's, it's, it's it's almost mesmerizing to watch Christopher Walken do, deliver that like monologue. It's yeah, just I you know again, it's another actor that people have forgotten how great he was. He became a bit of a yeah. parody of himself, didn't he, Christopher Walken? And but he's a fantastic actor, wasn't he? Always looked dangerous to me. Always looked like yes. he could go off and suddenly you never know. Well, that's why he was like perfect in True Romance. I know it's not a, a, a directed movie by Tarantino, but still has a Tarantino links. And he was a perfect yeah. like, Italian mobster, you know, yeah. just absolutely mm-hmm. perfect. Because he lo- he's he got that little glint in his eye that maybe he might start dancing. Mm. But no, no, what he's going to do is he's just going to like just fill you full of holes. He just yeah. doesn't, yeah, you know, he's got that little devil in him. Have you ever seen him in um, King of New York, Abel Ferreira's film? <laughs> watched that a long time ago yeah. again yeah. he's so deadly in that yeah he really is but really? yeah i think he's a great actor I really yeah i do. do i do absolutely uh kirsten then your number nine please my number nine this is another one i had to move uh it was cliff or uh, brad pitt versus bruce lee oh. in uh, once <laughs> upon a time in hollywood i just it was so funny and i know that scene got some criticism because of the fact that they were kind of making fun of bruce lee that you know who knows what he was really like behind the scenes but it was just the whole idea about you know my hands are registered as deadly weapons just the whole the whole smack talk and the fact that he throws him into the car and then the director zoe bell comes in just all these cameos of people who start coming out and they're like hey what did you do to my car i just i laughed so hard Mm -hmm. And when I rewatched it this weekend, I laughed even after. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot all about that. Yeah, <laughs> some levity in that movie. It's such yeah, a great, great scene. It, yeah. That was, I think, that was my number eleven or number twelve in my yeah. in my extended list. But it's Brad Pitt is so good in that movie. It is Isn't so he? good in that movie. Well, oh. let's be fair, both of them are, aren't they? Leo yes. is just superb yeah. in that as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to pick the scene where Brad Pitt takes his shirt off as one of my favorites, but I figured I would just stick with him okay. <laughs> oh I kept that one in no yeah, yeah. I mean you know whatever you feel you want to do Kirsten it doesn't it matter it's a short it, scene though that is a short scene I must yeah. admit yeah do you know I, I have to say I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is slowly becoming my favourite mm. you mm. know like I said perhaps now listen to the audio book of it if you've never read the, the book I highly recommend getting it it is such a good oh, book. I didn't know it was a book. I'll have to read that. Yeah, yeah. Yes. He 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 wrote it after the film and it just fills you in so much more. And it's brilliant, mm. brilliant book. It's so in-depth. I'm I'm yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm I think I'm about two hours into the 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 audio book and it is uh yeah. it's read by Jennifer Jason Lee and it is just mm. fantastic. Oh awesome. Oh that yeah. would be really good. Oh, it's like I'll eleven and that. a half hours long, and you yeah. sort of feel like you I I've I've got nine and a half hours to go and I still I'm pretty sad that it's going to end. Yeah, that's you know going to I mean? end, yes. Because <laughs> it's like, no, I've like still got that, like yeah. nine and a half hours of it to go, but it is, yeah, it's really, really good. That's a, no, that's a great one. I, I'm I sort of agreeing with Neil. Um, Hateful Eight had that same feeling for me that it started becoming, I think, God, is this my favourite Tarantino movie? And then you watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and I love the fact that it's just mm. unapologetically slow. And, yes. it's, mm-hmm. and it gets to the point, I've got one of the scenes in my top ten where you think something bad is going to happen and you keep waiting for this bad thing to happen and then it it doesn't happen. And you think, oh, right, okay. 
but you realise then you've dug your nails into your, you, you know, your mm-hmm. CD because you've been in so <laughs> tense thinking that something bad is going to happen. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay, then, Neil, you're number nine. So this is where Tarantino comes into himself, and I'm going to have a couple more examples of this. This is dialogue. And I'm going to say Royale with cheese in the car. <laughs> that whole exchange was the first time well it's not quite the first time but it's almost one of the times where you watch a film and you're actually listening to a real conversation rather than a scripted conversation does that make sense yes and the way john travolta and samuel l jackson are it was so natural you felt like you were sat in the car with them listening to that conversation and I just love it. And who doesn't go into Burger King now and still say, can I have a Royale with cheese? <laughs> Royale with cheese. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the fa- most famous, I think probably one of the most famous pieces of dialogue that he's done, mm. isn't it, I think? Mm-hmm. Probably not yeah. most quoted. But, you know. The trouble is, is there are so many great bits of dialogue. yeah. But you can't say that that's his strength because there's so many other bits, so many strings to his bow when it comes to his writing mm-hmm. that the dialogue is just one of them. Whereas yeah. other people will say, oh, his strength is his dialogue or his strength is his action scenes or his strength is his emotion in his movies. That, he's got all of it. He's yeah, got every he's... single bit mm-hmm. of that, you know? That's the... the it's should should that one person be that talented i don't think it's fair i know you know it's almost not fair it's not but fair. i just find as well when you listen to him talk i mean i find him really fascinating some people find him annoying to listen to him being interviewed and talk because he's so quick and he's a bit scatterbrained but i find him yeah. fascinating but i feel like you know him does that mean do you know mm. what i mean when you hear an interview or watch an interview with him i would think oh i know him but I've got no knowledge of him at all. Mm. But, but isn't that, don't that you think that's because he is a movie fan and we're all movie yeah. fans? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. all he is, is he's just a geek that that, yeah. that yeah. knows so how to write. I think, I think of him as a movie fans, movie maker. Yes. yes. Like he makes, he makes, I, he's done enough with some of these when we get down into the, the other ones that he will refer in one of his movies to another movie and I would go watch that other movie too just mm. because I wanted to know what he was talking about. Yes. Yeah. So. And he he don't, he's not apologetic. He's apologetic. He's not apologetic, I should say, mm-hmm. that he borrows from other movies. He bo- yeah. he'll borrow certain, mm-hmm. especially yeah. music. I mean, he's, he's yeah. great, he, but he knows how to pick the right mood or music mm-hmm. for a specific songs, thing. Yeah. That Absolutely. makes it iconic. So straight away makes these certain things iconic. So uh, that's a good one. Okay, for me, uh, my number nine is uh, from The Hateful Eight. Uh, and it's the realisation of the, that the coffee has been poisoned. Uh, and that Kurt Russell all of a sudden just starts puking blood. And uh, you just see Jennifer Jason Lee sort of in the corner with this evil smile on her face. And I can't remember the name of the... It was the who was the driver of the... I'm gonna to have to look it? it up. I can't remember the name. I can't remember now. I should have uh, made the note of it, but because um, he he starts puking up blood as well, and then mm. it's sort of where the story starts unraveling in regards to you know that it's not just that these people are all in this sort of shack for a reason. Mm-hmm. They're not all just there by chance. They're all there because something is going down because of this uh, you know, Jennifer Jason Lee's character. Um, I just love the the visceral feel of it that Kurt Russell's just talking the next minute she just, he just pukes like blood mm. it just goes everywhere and all, I think it goes, I think it goes all over I think it goes all over Jennifer Jason Lee doesn't it doesn't he just it does, like, yeah. she's led on the floor and he just pukes in like in her face it's just disgusting 
Yes, but I think it's, I can it, remember that from as far as I'd watched it. Yeah, right. Didn't that didn't that make you want to carry on watching it? Yeah, that, I think that was probably part of why. Yeah, there was a few scenes with the two of them that I was just like, oh, it was so brutal. It was. It was. It was really, really bad. But there is. Yeah. I mean, again, I think The Hateful Eight is, for me, is one of those movies that is very long, is very slow. But for me, I just seem to get just wrapped up in it. Mm-hmm. You, do you know what I mean? There are there are other movies that I've watched that are, that are slow and long and you think, this is probably the same as you did, uh, Kirsten, that you just don't, I just don't want to watch anymore. Mm-hmm. But for some reason that just got me. And I don't know whether it's because I'm a Tarantino fan anyway. I don't know whether that's mm-hmm. the reason that, that made me. It's like a stage play, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It really exactly. is. It is. Yeah. It is. I mean, it's one that when I went to the cinema to see it, I wasn't overwhelmed. I didn't actually particularly like it. And I did say to everybody, I think it's over long. But when I sat and watched it at home, I, 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 much, I enjoyed it a lot more, sat in the comfort of my own home and just immersed myself in it. It's, yeah. It's a grower. Yeah. Obi was the guy's name. That was right. the... Uh, that was the coach driver's name, yeah. Okay. Uh, so that's mine. Okay, Kirsten, your number eight, please. Uh, this one, again, I had to figure out where I wanted to put this one. It was the bar scene from Inglorious Bastards. The whole, right. and it was, at the time, I remember watching it and not understanding how when they were doing the holding up the fingers, because I'm American, so I didn't know. Anyway, I'm like, what? You said three. And it's just the whole, that whole building of the tension and the way that like when he's holding up the, his fingers the wrong way, the other characters are like giving him this look and like, Oh my God, what did he do? You know, <laughs> And then just all of a sudden, you know, the guns are being pulled and that, that whole scene, that was really good. I mean, there were mm. lots of other ones in that, but that one really got me. I agree. I agree. Again, that was, that was very close. I thought I had that in my top 10, but I, but I, no, I so haven't. Did I. I just had to look yeah, at the list. And I have it, and it reminded me. The first time I watched it, it reminds me of um, uh, oh god, what's the war war movie? What's the famous war movie? Uh, the Great Escape. Oh yes. When yes. when you have um, Richard Attenborough and Gordon Jackson, yeah, and they've practiced and practiced to always speak German mm-hmm. when they when they've when they've got out of the prison camp. And then one of the German officers says uh, um, something like, thank you very much. And they go, oh, thank you. And and they get caught really? because they, they didn't <laughs> carry on talking German. They spoke English. And, it, and that same thing of like not knowing how to do three, I think it was, wasn't it? Doing it either yeah. Yeah, they, three they, like they, that they or three. Like, like, this or something like something that. Something like that. This, yeah. Just a simple thing that they, <laughs> yeah, simple thing that they, they should have known. But it, it, it pretty much kills everybody in the room mm-hmm. and again it goes from being like this nice where they're all playing a nice simple game mm-hmm. to just being this like just massive shootout which mm-hmm. i think of course just, we forget michael fassbender's in that bit indeed all, isn't it we forget that yeah. he's in there yeah there's a lot brad pitt michael fassbender there's a mm-hmm. lot of great people in that one yeah, yeah. michael myers is it yeah, yeah, Mike, yeah. My, I forgot the um the kid from the office, BJ Novak. That's I right. right. He was in it. It. Yeah. You're absolutely yeah. right. Yes, yeah. yes. And Eli Roth as well, wasn't he? He's the, yes. the I can't what he called the bear or something. The bear with the, yes, he was the, the one bear. with the baseball bat. Baseball bat, yeah. Yeah, great one. Uh go on then, Neil, you're number eight. So it's another dialogue-driven scene, and it is the dinner, the diner scene. Like a virgin, I don't tip that whole bit. They're sat around the table having the conversation. 
So this is where I was saying, this is where I don't think we'd seen anything like this before on the screen. I mean, you can't even say Kevin Smith was after this as well with his dialogue. So to me, this was where dialogue brought movies into the real life. It's, it's mm. conversations that everyday people would have, if you know mm. what I mean. And it's bloody funny. Mm. That whole bit when he sat there going, Chang. <laughs> and he, you know, and Harvey Keitel has to say. But anyway, just that whole scene is funny. And um, what do you mean you don't tip? So, and I think Steve Buscemi in Reservoir Dogs is superb. That man, mm. he could act, couldn't he? As well as being a hero of yes. a firefighter. But yeah. He was a teacher great. too. Oh, yeah, he was. Yeah. Wow. And we don't seem to see enough of him now, do we? No. He did a series on HBO, but I hadn't seen anything since then. Oh, yeah, he did that Broadwalk yeah. Empire, mm-hmm. didn't he? Boardwalk Empire, yeah. yeah. He did, did Did either of you see that series with uh, Louis C.K. that he did? Um, mm-hmm. oh, God. Horace and Pete. It was a strange, strange series. It was done like a like a one set play. It was set in a bar, mm. and they they were two brothers that owned this bar. And it was it was it was at the point I think before the whole controversy with Louis C.K. Mm-hmm. where he could do what he wanted. They sort of said to him, "Look, make what you want." And I think he ended up he was selling it on his website, so you could pay what you wanted for it. And and it ended oh, okay. up going up on some I think it was on Amazon or something like that. And it was sort of comedy, but it was very dark comedy. But it was also, it was really disturbing in places, like really, really about mental health and mm. alcoholism. Alan Alda was in it as well, played their uncle. Oh, wow. And it was it was really good. But like, the, the, I, mean, I won't I won't spoil this because in case you get to see it. But the ending was like devastating, absolutely oh, really? devastating. Um, but like one minute you'd be laughing your head off, next minute you'd be crying your eyes out. But it's Horace and Pete. It was really, really strange. Um, never seen anything like it before, but there you go. Um, okay, so your number eight was from Reservoir Dogs, Neil. My number eight is Reservoir Dogs. You've done the start of the movie. I've done the end of the movie, the uh, Mexican standoff at the end oh, of the yeah. movie. Oh, yeah. Where right to the end, Harvey Keitel is in Tim Roth's corner and saying you're wrong you're wrong he's he's a good kid he's a good kid and uh they have the mexican standoff and even even now you still have to slow it down to see who exactly shot who yeah, yeah. and uh, how that sort of worked and how that standard and then it's the fact that and harvey Keitel is so good in it's that so scene. cool but it's the fact that it's the fact when he's holding tim roth and tim mm. roth tells him that he is a cop that he that he he breaks down and he realizes that that you know he he backed the wrong horse basically, and the cops come in and say look put the gun down put the gun down and he he shoots mm-hmm. him and everything all just fades to black but uh, yeah a great great scene Harvey Keitel went through a real good spell didn't he in the early nineties and th- yeah especially in in Quentin Tarantino's movies especially right? uh, the wolf but then he went I mean it's not everybody's cup of tea and it's a hard watch but the bad lieutenant or the bad lieutenant however you want to pronounce it. I think his performance in that is just mesmerising. I mean, it's uncomfortable viewing. Then he did the piano. Do you remember with Holly Hunter mm-hmm. and everybody? He had a real, real resurgence again. I, I, I love Kaito. I think he's a great actor. Mm-hmm. And then he did a load of adverts, uh, commercials in the UK as Mr. Wolf, didn't he? He did, directly. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah. For, for, insurance, for an insurance company. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought, my God. I mean, he's obviously getting paid well and yeah. he's, 
using that money for whatever he's using that money for. But all of a sudden, like Mr. Wolf would turn up. And uh, <laughs> what was the last thing he was in? Probably um, the Irishman, wasn't it? I haven't seen him in anything oh, since he was in the Irishman, and he wasn't in that very much. I mean, if only there was some kind of way we could find out. Yeah, he's one of those <laughs> actors that you know I could happily watch all day long. I find him mesmerising to watch. Uh, a righteous man in nineteen in twenty twenty one was. Oh, okay. I've not, not heard of that. He's got ten upcoming projects, so he's. Oh, so he's working. We just haven't seen it. Seen yeah, he's him, yeah. he's busy. He's going to be in the new National Treasure TV series. Oh yeah, yeah. I read about that. He's playing the same role again, isn't he? Oh, is he? Yeah. All right, yeah, Peter Sadowski. There you go. God bless IMDb. It's, it's, yes, what, I love IMDb. <laughs> that's what it's there for. Yeah. That's what it's there for. Uh, right, so we're on to Kirsten. Your number seven, please. Uh, my number seven was the Candyland Shootout from. Uh, 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 Django. Uh, <laughs> Django and Chains. <laughs> Django and Chains. Yeah, I've got that as yes. my number six. Django Unchained. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, every other one, I wrote the name of the movie next to it. And I'm like, and I'm picturing it in my head, but I blanked for a second. But yes, that yeah. one was whoo, another brutal. <laughs> that brutal. one was, I think it's probably the most brutal shootout he's ever yes. done. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. I think I, I would agree. Yeah. It looks like every bullet really hurt on yes. that one, yes. didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yes. It's like every, everyone goes straight through everybody and yeah. knocks them off their feet. And uh, yeah, I can't believe I didn't put that, didn't get that one in my top 10. I've yeah. Nothing yeah, that's my number six. Yeah, and like I say, mm. it's, uh, it's a great scene though, isn't it? And to see that on the bit, that's a big screen scene. Do you know what I mean? That's what yeah. That's a cinema scene because it's... Yeah, like, I never did see that one in the theatre. I had to watch that one. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, holy shit. Yeah. 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 What else can you say? But that's hand yeah. cannons, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, it genuinely looks like those those bullets would sting a little bit, you know. They would, they would hurt a little bit, yeah. And that was, it's the fact that, like, I think if I'm right in saying, like, one guy gets shot like right in front and it knocks him sideways that's it it knocks him so hard that it knocks him sideways instead of back yeah yes. yeah that's 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 pretty brutal that one i must have yeah but a great a great scene a great yeah scene. i mean i think the one thing with tarantino is you have to like check reality at the door don't you because the fact that he will he will twist history a little bit mm. um it's very stylized you look at the mm-hmm. People are standing on the edges of swords, and it's it's very cartoonish. His violence, he gets a lot yeah. of stick for everything being yes. very violent, and there's loads of blood. But it's to the point that there is too much blood. It's like cartoonish mm-hmm. blood. It's not yeah. supposed to be realistic. Well, I don't think anyway. I don't think it's supposed to be realistic. Mm-hmm. I think it's supposed to look like a cartoon. You yes, know? you know, mm-hmm. to the point that like a lot of the parts in Kill Bill that literally was a cartoon yeah Yeah. to make you show that the blood is is you know it's going to be too much to look at in real life so and also to get it through the senses he said and to get (laughs) it (laughs) exactly exactly um okay so that was your number seven neil your number seven was the gold watch story fiction in the ass uh, that's right. <laughs> you love saying that, don't you? It's just the way he says it. Just the way he says it. Uh, so really uh, my number seven is from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and it's the whole Spawn Ranch scene. 
Oh, oh yeah, that was so good. It That's not yes. number five. It's like you're number five. <laughs> but it's, it's the it, tension, isn't it? It is, and it's the fact that Tarantino does this in pretty much every movie. Whereas you, you think something bad is going to happen. Uh-huh. So the way that he shoots it is you, you, you see a doorway and you think, right, Brad Pitt's going to get his face blown off in a minute. Yeah, something bad's going to happen. Something bad. Yeah, whether it's the girl that's in the you know in watching the tv or somebody's going to come out of that room in a minute and you know that that's what's going to happen but the bad thing that happens in that scene is he gets his tire changed that's the only bad (laughs) thing that happens and he drives (laughs) off and you think jesus i've just like lost probably fifty thousand heartbeats of my life (laughs) because i've been thinking that this bad thing is going to happen to somebody that you you obviously like because it's brad pitt you like that character and he's just a genius at doing things like that, where there's not anything to actually worry about. Um, I haven't got this scene. I hope neither of you have. But in Pulp Fiction, after Bruce Willis has come back from, uh, and he's on Zed's bike, yeah. and he goes up to pick his girlfriend up, <laughs> it's, just, it's one shot, and yeah. you see him going up to the apartment. Mm-hmm. I remember watching that the first time thinking, Bruce, you're going to get your head blown off. Somebody's going to be in there. Something bad's going to be, yeah. Yeah, and and it, and I, he takes, I'm sure it's like a specific amount of time, longer than you think it's going to be, and then he just comes walking down with his girlfriend and there's nothing to be worried about. Yeah. And he's just, he's just a, a genius at doing things like that. So, But that's the thing with Booth, when he walks in, he doesn't seem bothered. He's not, he's just so cool, isn't it? And walking yeah. through and you're worried for him and you're thinking, get out of there, man. But yeah, it's a great, great bit of direction. That it's fantastic, and that hardly any dialogue, hardly any words. Mm-hmm. No, and but creepy as well. Oh, absolutely creepy, yeah. mm. absolutely creepy. But yeah, that's my number seven. So, Kirsten, your number six, please. My number six is uh, Mr. Blonde in uh, Reservoir Dogs and the scene where they're playing Stuck in the Middle with you and he's cutting... With the ear. With the oh, ear. Yes. And the thing is, I it was funny because I had re-watched it and a lot of people accuse Quentin Tarantino and all the violence. I mean, yes, there is a lot of violence, there's a lot of blood, but you don't ever actually see him cut the ear off. It's all no. kind of off the screen. And then you see him holding something, making all this, the jokes, but it was just the whole... Again, brutality, the the fact that it was such a brutal thing he was doing, playing stuck in the middle with you. <laughs> it's just like, you know, uh, it was a, a little, it took me back a little bit. Yeah, I completely agree. Mm-hmm. Completely agree. It's so unsettling. That's the thing. Yes. It's so unsettling. And it's, um, I think that was, wasn't that, I mean, that was obviously a very, um, it was a thing at the time when with video nasties and stuff like mm-hmm. that. that Tarantino, role, Tarantino got yeah. a lot of stick for that. But you're right. You don't see anything. You don't I mean, see anything, but you know what's happening. That's what just for me really stuck out he... is the fact hello. that yeah, hello. he's going hello. <laughs> yeah, he was like you can see him holding it afterwards, but it was just the whole like mm. when he's actually cutting off. You just see the back of the guy's head, and you see he's doing something on the side. You don't actually see him cut the ear off and i think that's worse uh, absolutely I just, something is just it's worse absolutely oh. i completely agree it's um but again it's iconic isn't it it's one of the things i think that that everybody knows from tarantino mm. and everybody knows yeah. from reservoir dogs is that and he's he's made that song into something completely different 
because yeah. as soon as you hear that song, you don't think about the person that's wrote or sung that song. You think about somebody you having their ear cut off. Think about somebody getting their ear cut off. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. It's a genius thing to do. Um, okay, so that's that way. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Uh, Neil, you said uh, Candyland shooting from Django Unchained for your number six. Yeah. Uh, my number six, so this one and the next one have both got a bit of a link, even though they're two different movies. So number six, Inglorious Bastards, is the strudel scene with uh, Christoph Foltz uh, eating a strudel uh, in the in the restaurant. I have a thing about eating on screen. Right, I've spoken about it before on a, a show many, many years ago. I love watching people eat on screen. And I think it's the... ASMR of it all, the the, the sign, and I've watched this scene three or four times over the last like week or so, because the way that Christoph Waltz munches into this piece of strudel with cream, I could listen. There's a TikTok of somebody that has just taken all the sounds, and I've played it over and over again. I could, <laughs> I could listen to that for hours. It's just the whole that is it mastication. That's the word, isn't yeah. it? When you're yes. chewing. Mm-hmm. there's just something about it it's just sounds sloppy and horrible and gorgeous and <laughs> gruesome. you enjoy listening to mastication i do enjoy listening to master i said mastication i do yeah. enjoy listening to mastication oh, anybody yeah. else a t-shirt t-shirt with that <laughs> now, a lot of people hate that I really know. 
Yeah. Not not when people cham and, and yeah. chomp when they threw their mm. food. Surely, Pav, you don't enjoy listening to a chomper. I do. That's that's exactly what really? it is. Yeah. You know the scene I'm talking about, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I thought it was just just eating, not like <laughs> it's I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's it's my little kink, I suppose. <laughs> oh, I know what to get you for your birthday now. <laughs> But we'll send you videos now. <laughs> well, I mean, this is it. I'll, I'll, I mean, look, I'm going to put all these scenes in the the video playlist for the for for our Patreon um, subscribers. But uh, just watch that scene. It, I mean, as much as like obviously the scene does move the story forward because this Shoshana that mm-hmm. he's uh, he's got mm-hmm. with him that he well, I'm sure he knows who she is, and mm-hmm. she obviously knows who he who he is. But it's the way, and it's also the beauty of what Tarantino does, where he will take the minuscule things and the things that mean nothing and make them beautiful. So even the piece mm-hmm. of crudel with yeah. the, the dollop of cream on the top just sounds, the sound design is just, I, I'm a mm. sucker for ASMR kind of things, mm-hmm. you know, popping of bubbles and <laughs> and, the, and the, rubbing, the rubbing of a beard and the... No, that sort of stuff. I love all that. I don't know. I'm weird. I'm sure I'm weird. But... Anyway, and you, it's uh, but... your thing, you know exactly. But that's nothing compared to what my number five is. So we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> I'll leave you. I'll leave you worrying about that one. Uh, so that was my number six. So Kirsten, your number five, please. My number five was when uh, built, um. Kill, in Kill Bill, where Elle's other eye gets gouged out in the trailer, that trailer right. fight, that because yeah. it's the whole yeah. idea that she's only got one eye to start with, and then she gets her um, kiddo goes and uh, grabs her other eye, and yeah. just plucks it right out of her head. So, yeah. yes, that whole there were so many bits from that second Kill Bill that I wanted. I I also really loved when they buried her alive, but I'm like, mm. no, this is the, that was the one, especially because of their whole, you know, the whole backstory between those two characters and how it finally just kind of ends that way. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. And doesn't and she stand on it barefoot as well? She does. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it squishes yeah, between her toes. That's yeah. it. Yeah. But it's a fact, again, you're waiting for this monumental sword fight don't you you, yeah. you know that's and what they build not. it up for and it's not it's not because she says that she kills her match she killed her master didn't she and mm-hmm. um just the plopping out of the eye yeah it's fantastic mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and then the feet i mean the feet is the yeah. all the feet that's yeah. the tarantino kink is the feet oh yeah just, oh, I mean, the especially opening. if it's, it's in a thurman's feet yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he loves, loves her feet he loves the feet um and okay we've so, said about kill bill many times but i still wish he'd do the whole bloody affair Yes. It really needs to be done. You yeah. Know. It's it weird really why does. he hasn't he hasn't done it because I mean I would I would quite happily watch Kill Bill one and two as they are mm. just mm. one after each other. But it'd be interesting to see what he would do to like mix the two or, or just to make the two movies into one movie. I would love to see yeah. what that actually was gonna be. Yeah, I mean I can't understand why he hasn't released it. It seems really, really strange. Mm. Um, okay, so Neil, Spawn Ranch was your number five. It was. So my number five, and this is for me the ultimate in eating on screen, 
It's uh, death proof and stuntman Mike eating his nachos at the bar. <laughs> oh, that, that actually kind of grossed me out. Oh my god, <laughs> it makes it just like oh, oh it's, it is, he's he's got it all running down his yeah it's yeah. greasy got it running down his his chin his his hat, fingers are all just gooey just like glistening yeah. i mean yeah. i'm not a fan of nachos but if it was just like crisps or chips with just like melted cheese on i've done that i've watched that movie i've got a big bag of chips crisps and melted some cheese on it and just ate it with a with a glass of lemonade because that's what Stuntman Mike has. <laughs> he just munches on it and crunches and it's just glorious and beautiful. It really is. And I'm just getting far too excited. <laughs> I really am. I shouldn't, shouldn't be in, in polite conversation with people and, and talking. Do you about feel the same thing. way when you watch that movie alive? No, because <laughs> you don't really hear them... <laughs> Chewing and masticating on that sort of well, stuff. Well, you do, but they don't enjoy it, do they, around the fire? <laughs> I suppose not. I suppose not. But it's uh, it just is. Like like I say, if you're part of our Patreon and you watch our video playlist, I'm going to put that scene in there and you'll understand. You'll get there and you'll think that is beautiful. Or you might be like Kirsten and think that it's a bit gross. <laughs> yeah, it, that, that's the thing. Hey, but you know what? In that scene, though, it kind of is a testament to his character because he's a disgusting person mm. as it is because obviously he's a murderer yeah but you know and that would be you know of course a murderer is not going to be a dainty eater unless it's you know christoph waltz but <laughs> yeah but he uh yeah it was just for me it was that whole like oh just watching him eat was like had to look away a little bit but he doesn't care he knows that people are nope, laughing at him he knows that the young kids and he knows that he could probably kill everyone in that room mm-hmm. if he really really wanted to but he's just gonna he's just gonna enjoy his nachos and enjoy his whatever he's eating, drinking cream soda or lemonade yeah. or whatever it is so yeah that's all my food ones though I'll, i will i will let you know that's all my food <laughs> ones out of the way um, and I'm going to watch that after we finish to just so I can get my fill. <laughs> uh, right then, uh, Kirsten, your number four, then please. My number four is The Bride versus The Crazy 88 from Kill Bill. That's my I number three. Love that. It's just, I mean, it's so over the top gory, but at the same time, it makes me laugh. Like when she takes the one guy over her knee and she's spanking him with her sword. I just, that whole. And it's so funny too, because you see now, like I went to go, I have a nine-year-old son. We went to go see the Minion movie and they're wearing that, the black and yellow outfit that she wears. When you see that, you know, it's a reference. And I know her outfit is a reference to to another movie, but it's just such a, yeah, that was such an iconic thing. But that whole scene where she takes on all of them and just, you know, comes out on top, it's, you know, and then the spurting blood and everything else. Yeah, it well, was. Well, that's uh, my number two as well. Oh, yeah, right. the, <laughs> call it the House of the Blue Leaves because I think yeah. that whole section is yes, just that whole fantastic. Section, that whole section of that. Too. Yeah, just it is superb, isn't it? It's just yeah, because he had his doubters that he couldn't direct action, and then he brings that up, and you're thinking, no, this boy can do it all. He mm-hmm. really can because he was criticised that he couldn't do action until they showed that, and it's mm-hmm. just. Brilliant. And Uma Thurman, how good is she? I know. I love her. Fantastic. Mm. And the thing was, I can remember from the trailer as well, you've got that little bit of that scene where the whole of the crazy 88s are all around her. 
and she yeah. just like takes one step and they all take a step back because mm. they yeah. know who she is and they know what she's capable of and that i love that sort of stuff where you they all know the power yeah of her and and then she just cut like say she just cuts through everybody and there's limbs flying mm. everywhere and, and then mm. it flicks to the black and white doesn't it in the yeah. in kill bill i think in the um the whole bloody affair it all stays color or was it it the, was going to wasn't or was it, it like the japanese version or something because you could buy a version i think it was the japanese it was the japanese version, version wasn't it that was that color. stayed in color didn't it but yeah i think that was to do with the ratings as well wasn't and it? again let's not let's not forget the music in it yeah. Yes. Yes. You know, we forget how great with that band playing, which became a hit. I can't remember the name of the song. I don't know. I just know it's woohoo, woohoo, woohoo. Yeah, That's right. I, uh, I, I'm a school teacher, and there are sometimes when I'm in my classroom and I, um, I teach third grade, which is like eight and nine year olds, and they don't know this movie, but I will, when things are getting crazy, I'll walk around going woohoo. what i taught even younger children too and they're like what are you wanting (laughs) bring it bring it to one you're allowed to show a film at the end of school um, (laughs) put that one on for them or when they're when they are old enough when they're like in 10 years time in 10 years time they'll watch it and they'll go i know that song Oh my lord! They've got that to come. Isn't that a wonderful thing to think that, that they've got to be able to to discover these movies for themselves? I mean, yes. I mean, they might have already watched them. I don't know. You know, eight or nine year olds. Who knows? Hope not. <laughs> Let's hope not. No, uh, Neil. Then you're number four. So we're going to go to Inglorious Bastards again, and we're going to go to the opening interrogation scene. Oh, the whole was, drinking yeah, glass of milk. That was definitely on my. Uh... Yes, that was it's so heart wrenching too because when the guy's just sitting there and he just the tears start going down his face, I was just like, no. mm. and then <laughs> it shows you, yeah, what a complete bastard Christoph Waltz's yep. character really yep. is, and cold, how cold yep. it is. But then that's when you realize, then again, what a great performance. And we didn't know who he was, did we? I mean, before nope. this movie, we know, I mean, I know he'd been acting a while, but nobody knew who he was. And mm-hmm. to suddenly have this cold, cold performance, but a fantastic performance, it was like, holy shit, where yeah. is this movie going? What, <laughs> you know, what are we going to see and what is going to be done? But just great, just fantastic, mm-hmm. brilliant. Mm-hmm. Mm. What a way to open a movie. What I, know. I, I, I think that's one thing that Tarantino's really good at doing is is like like mm. kicking you in the balls with it at the very opening of a movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah the very, very opening. Yeah. Because you can say about the Pulp Fiction one. I mean, you know, Tim Roth and Amanda Plummer sat together. Yeah. There's that one, and that leads in you weren't expecting that, were you? You just think it was a couple of loved up people and then Everyone, uh, anyway, we won't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes, but... I know. <laughs> so we digress, right? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> it's just again another great open. That was, scene. yeah, that that whole bit that was on my uh, my runner ups mm. was the whole them, honey bunny, <laughs> honey bunny, or and then at the end, the transition from the beginning of all yeah. to the end where they were, you know, in the in the diner. Yeah, that, mm. yeah, but it's the way Christoph Waltz has that milk in that open yes. scene, it's just. You think, hang on, this is cold. This is cold. Mm-hmm. 
he and knows you, he knows these people are there. He knows he's yeah. going to kill them, but I want to have a glass of milk first. Yeah. And then you hear the sound of him drinking that milk. Like really, <laughs> really go. nice. I love it. I love yeah. that squelchiness <laughs> of the sound of him drinking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, my number four actually is Kill Bill 2. This was the one when I was saying about maybe taking a few liberties. I've got Bill and B chat. So I've gone from the moment that um, B uh, sees that his uh, sees that her daughter is alive mm. to the moment that Bill dies after the five-finger mm. death yeah. palm technique. That whole bit, which is probably, I don't know, 25, 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah but it's still good. But as, as writing, as the way that things build, I think, I, I mean, I, it's, a, it's a genius and a master at work of mm-hmm. storytelling mm-hmm. you have the whole you know who superman is and clark kent you know all of that going on to how um b can't understand that that bill would do something that like that to her when he's supposed to love her so much i find it all fascinating i only watched yeah. it a, uh, last week i think kill bill too and just i hadn't seen it for a while and just loved every single second of it but mm-hmm. that whole bit at the end mm. You know, and then the fact that he, she does the five finger palm uh, mm-hmm. death thing, five finger death punch, five finger like death punch, yeah. And he says, you know, I may taught you the five finger death punch. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's just great. It's great. And then, yeah. and I mean, if you know you've only got five more steps before you die, I mean, you just sit there, don't you? You don't. You just mm-hmm. let everybody bring everything to you. You don't just don't take those five steps. <laughs> He decided, no, I'm going to just... boring film if that had happened. (laughs) (laughs) Kill Bill, volume seven, and he's still just sat sat in the same chair (laughs) with just like bottles of piss everywhere because he can't be bothered to get up. (laughs) (laughs) Right, okay, so Kirsten, then your number three, please. My number three was the car surfing in Death Proof at the end where she's doing the car surfing and... Uh, Mike is trying to kill them. I mean, again, I'm taking liberties by taking that whole end yeah, scene yeah, yeah. because it's the chase. He's trying to kill them. He, they turn the tables on him and they kill him. And yeah. I'm like, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> they just beat the shit out of him at the end. Don't they? Yeah, so, yeah. So for me, again, that's an example of why, although it's not his best movie, I enjoyed that whole ending first i love zoe bell Mm. i love when she does stuff in his movies but also it's just the whole idea that these are strong women that are turning the tables on a serial killer and they just kicked his ass i just was like yes Mm. (laughs) and i love the fact that she that he started using zoe bell as an actress rather than just a stunt person which i thought was great yeah you know, and I mean, mm-hmm. she was amazing in in Kill Bill doing all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But then she was in, I think she was in, she was in Hateful Eight, wasn't she? Yeah, she was in. Yeah, she, yeah. yeah. She was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Once small, Upon a Time in Hollywood. Part, but, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she was definitely there. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a great one. That's a really, yeah. and that's a movie. I although I've seen obviously seen the eating scene not long ago. I haven't seen that movie for a long time. And Kurt Russell is one of my favorite actors. I don't mm-hmm. think it, he's one of those guys that just gets better as he gets older. Yeah. You know, great facial hair. Oh my god! Yeah. Just not just yeah. facial hair, but great hair everywhere. Yeah. You know, he's got he's, great hair. Oh. Yeah, he's aged well. Like he, a he has. It's, it's like yeah. I mean, Jeff Bridges. I think it's another one as well. Yeah, he's another aged one, isn't he? so well. God dear, bastards! I don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, Neil, you're number three. 
So I'm going to say this, and you'll all know what I'm talking about. Ezekiel 2517. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. That's all I need to say. If you're a Tarantino yeah. fan, you will know. You will uh, but know. it's the way Samuel L. Jackson delivers this before they fire the shit out of that poor yeah. boy. But it was great, wasn't it? You Again, it was something you hadn't heard before, this almost like soliloquy, this prophecy out of the mm-hmm. Bible. I know it's not word for word out of it, is it? But it's yeah, just fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, There's not a lot you can say apart from Ezekiel 2517. Yeah, mm. you know, you know. Is that not? Would you? Would you not say that that's the most iconic Tarantino bit? What speech? I think it is. It's got to yeah, be, hasn't it? I think if anybody put a reel together of Tarantino bits, that would be the bit that would start it off, wouldn't it? The bit where, yeah, you know, uh, and you will know my name is the Lord. But just and when, like, yeah. when Samuel yeah. Jackson just did that turn, it seems to be the bit that everyone. The clip, but it's the whole bit at the beginning before you hear him say it when he's having the burger. Oh That's yeah, a tasty mm. burger. You must That's love a tasty that. burger. Yeah. I love that bit. Though he makes that burger look so yummy. Mm. The way that he mm-hmm. bites into it, that squelch of eating yeah. that burger, and then the the I noticed how much eating he has. <laughs> and again, we see the we see the briefcase. Mm-hmm. We get to see the briefcase. So anybody yeah. have any ideas what they think was in there? It's like just gold, wasn't it? A lot of people rumoured that it was people's souls. Oh, right. Mm. Okay. I like to think it's 20 chicken nuggets. (laughs) (laughs) They they were slowly into the microphone. I wish it was. Wouldn't that be amazing? (laughs) If it was 20 chicken nuggets that they ate slowly into a microphone. Yeah. (sighs) Okay, right. My number three was the um, Crazy 88s in Kill Bill. So, uh, Kirsten, we're on to your number two then, please. My number two, the Bonnie situation from Pulp Fiction. I just found that just so funny because it's the whole, when they're going through the whole thing and he's talking about the coffee and he's like, I know I got good coffee. You know, (laughs) you don't have to tell me I've got good coffee. Just, they've got a dead person in the trunk of a car. The whole, it just the way they're talking about it and they're talking about coffee and Mm. just that whole comedic turn of something that's so horrible. I mean, the way it was in the movie was also funny too, when he accidentally shoots Marvin's head off, but that whole afterwards where they have to like get their ducks in a row and get everything cleaned up before Bonnie gets home because he doesn't want to piss his wife off. It's just like the lengths they're going to, to not piss his wife off really cracks me up. Mm. And I always want to know where the wolf has been at a party yeah. at, at that time in the morning. The tuxedo at seven o'clock in the morning. Yeah. 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 It's always a question, isn't it? Yes. But yeah, it, it makes me laugh when you see Samuel L. Jackson and John Travolta in those, uh, the t-shirt and shorts mm-hmm. that they borrowed off of him. It always makes me chuckle. It's like, that whole scene yes. from shooting Marvin through is just... yes. Yeah, it's great. I often put myself in that position of Tarantino, Tarantino's character, when um, Mr. Wolf saying, "You know, we look after our people," and he's given him all this money because all of these towels are going to get blankets, yeah, yeah, are going to get ruined. And you think, well, if they're if he's trying not to piss off his wife, and these are like hand hand, well, they've been handed down from generations. Yes, they were from you know. Yeah, it doesn't matter what kind of money you're going to give. She's going to get pissed off if all this blood is on these. She's Mm. they're going to have to chuck them out. I just I would love to have seen the actual situation. You wanted to see Bonnie. Oh, just, yes. yeah, just see what she thinks when he's going, oh, look, I've got a $1,000, but we've not got those 
those we don't have those quilts that your aunt yeah, gave us yeah exactly exactly um you know oh yeah and there's blood everywhere by the way just oh yeah pardon the, pardon <laughs> the blood <laughs> and brains <laughs> oh my lord yeah that's a good one that's a really good one um right neil you said uh the crazy 88s uh in kill bill two yeah the, kill whole bill. Of the house um, of the blue leaves house the of the blue leaves uh my number two is and from what neil said earlier on in regards to how tarantino opens movies it's the opening scene of kill bill when the mm. bride is just a black and white harsh shot of a yeah. beaten and bloody bride um and you hear bill saying what he's gonna do to her mm-hmm. and then she just about says you know the ba- bill the baby's yours and then she gets shot in the head mm. yeah i was where i was working we used to finish early on a friday and we had this when we were on earlies we'd have a Uh, a movie club there was like five or six of us and we'd go and watch a movie in the afternoon and kill bill was the one and straight after that scene you have the fight between uh vivica a fox and yeah i loved that one too (laughs) and like when that scene finished where it finishes with you know vivica a fox getting like a a knife in her chest mm-hmm. i thought shit what a start to a bloody movie i've got no idea what's happening i've just had like my balls kicked twice in two scenes what the hell is going on and it really then makes you real makes you think i've got no idea what the rest of this movie is going to be like if that's the, st- yeah. the first 15 minutes of the movie i'm like i'm i'm a nervous wreck now and I've, all i could think of was i really hope there's a nice eating scene somewhere <laughs> <laughs> I really hope there's someone eating some like French fries or something, please, just to alleviate the pain. But yeah, that's it's just what a gut wrenching start to a movie. Mm. You know, it's just so mm-hmm. stark and and visceral and unsettling. I recommend you not watching the film Dumplings, that Japanese film. All right, if you like okay. eating on films, don't okay. watch that one. That might. Okay, w- why? Just research it. I won't say on it. All right. It's just you is saying it, yeah. that is going to make you watch the film, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, no, I'm intrigued to know. It's got dumplings for a start. <laughs> I mean, for God's sake. Uh, yeah. All right. So, yeah, the trouble is, you're going to have to look now, aren't we? So it's a yeah. dumpling or dumplings? Dumplings. Dumplings. Dumpling, yeah, I think, is a different. Yeah. Okay. Aunt May's famous homemade dumplings provide an amazing age-defying qualities popular with middle-aged women, but her latest customer, a fading actress, is determined to find out what the secret ingredient is. Yeah. I think I've seen that. That sounds familiar. I'm gonna have to look that up. I was I was lent this film and I was um told that I really enjoyed a lot of Japanese and uh, Chinese horror. Yeah. And I was lent this film. Um it wasn't scary, but yeah, it turned my stomach. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's another one. There's a French one where the where the oh, is that started. raw? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was pretty. But what cool. a film! That's a great yeah. movie. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I like foreign horror a lot. So that, I, I started to watch that one on Disney Plus. Um, what's it called? The one with um, Sebastian Stan in. Um, oh yeah, fresh, uh, fresh. It's not a patch on that one that we just talked about there. that raw the raw one of the reviews says uh, an exquisite exercise in bad taste not exactly a horror film but definitely not for the squeamish no nice no and the trouble is they say things like that and it just makes you want to watch it doesn't it that's the thing take it from me i've watched it and you know i'm quite hardy yeah yeah films that even turned my stomach a bit really yeah i'm not gonna watch that then (laughs) i know the movies you like neil and i'm not gonna if that's turned your stomach i'm not watching dumplings i'll just eat dumplings i won't bother watching Yeah, just eat them instead (laughs) yeah i'll leave it like that um 
Okay, so that was my number two. So before we reveal our number ones, Kirsten, do you want to just give us a rundown for your 10 to 2, please? Yes, number 10 for me was Jackie and Max and their kiss at the end of uh, Jackie Brown. Uh, Number nine was Cliff versus Bruce Lee from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, Number eight was the bar scene from Inglorious Bastards. Uh, Number seven was the Candyland shootout from Django Unchanged. I still can't say it. (laughs) Number six, Mr. Blonde from Reservoir Dogs, uh, cutting off the air, cutting off the ear while listening to Stuck in the Middle with You. Number five was, was gouging out Elle's other eye. Number four was The Bride versus The Crazy 88. Number three, Car Surfing and Death Proof. Number two was The Bonnie Situation. Excellent. Neil, your turn to two, please. Okay, so at number 10, I had The Shooting of Melanie from Jackie Brown. Uh, Number nine, Royale with Cheese from Pulp Fiction. Number eight, the dinner, so the diner scene, like a virgin, and I don't tip that whole section from Reservoir Dogs. Number seven, the gold watch in the ass. <laughs> Pulp Fiction. <laughs> number six, the Candyland shootout from Django Unchained. Uh, number five, Booth visits the ranch in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, number four, the opening interrogation from Inglorious. Number three, the Ezekiel 2517 from Pulp Fiction. And number two, House of the Blue Leaves from Kill Bill Part One. Wonderful. Uh, mine is number 10, uh, Pulp Fiction and the Gold Watch. In the ass. <laughs> Thank you, Neil. Uh, number nine, uh, Hateful Eight and the Poison Coffee. And number, sorry, number nine, Hateful Eight and Poison Coffee. Number eight, Reservoir Dogs and the end uh, Mexican standoff scene. Number seven, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and the Spawn Ranch. Six, Inglorious Bastards and the Strudel scene. Lovely eating. Five, Death Proof with Stuntman Mike eating nachos. Even more lovely eating. Uh, Four, Kill Bill 2, Bill and B chat. Number three is Kill Bill, the House of Blue Leaves fight, Crazy 88s. And at number two, Kill Bill opening scene where the bride gets shot. So, Kirsten, what is your number one? Tarantino best movie scene uh this one is for me I actually had to write down some of the dialogues I wanted to get it right was the scene after Zed and Bruce Willis going medieval on his ass that's (laughs) my favorite line he's like are we okay I am far from okay but then where he says uh says to him oh where did I write the line he says, uh, oh, yeah, I'm going to go. We're going to go medieval on his ass with a pair of pliers and a blowtorch. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I love that line so much. Yes, that is a great line. Yeah. Marcellus Wallace, isn't it? That's Marcellus it. Marcellus Wallace, it. that's it. Yeah. Gonna go, yeah, going to go over him with a pair of pliers and a blowtorch. He just leaves it to your imagination. And then that whole scene is when, he, when Bruce Willis is picking the weapon. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It makes me laugh. Like, oh, yes. That was funny too. That whole bit. Mm. But at, at the end, when you know, when they, you know, he's broken in and gotten them all, and you know, I am very far from okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's also, like you say, before he p- picks the weapon, he's got his chance to go, hasn't he? Yeah. He yeah. opens the door to leave and he realises, no, I can actually, I can help myself here. And then it's going from a hammer mm. to a baseball bat. And then he yeah, sees, like the what was it? Chainsaw. chainsaw. Yeah. yeah, and then it's the, 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 well, samurai, it's the sword. samurai sword in the end, isn't it? 
yeah. Bring out the gimp. <laughs> Bring out the, the gimp. Oh, my Lord. Mm. That is so good. That's a great number one. That's it a great is. number one. Uh, go on then, Neil. Your number one. So Krista has already said it. It's the ear-cutting scene from Reservoir Dogs. It's It showed the original Tarantino, where he started from all of these sort of scenes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't say much more than you've already said. I mean, you summed it up perfectly. Uh, you know, what you don't, you see more what you don't see. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And the whole use of that song within it, Michael Madsen has never been so charismatic mm-hmm. and interesting to watch. I just think it's the perfect scene. And like you said, there was this huge uproar about seeing something that you hadn't seen, even though they think yeah. you did, you know. I was uh, saying, watch the bloody movie and you'd understand. Yeah. Uh, well, that was the same thing with Pulp Fiction and the whole scene with Zed and the Gimp. Mm. There's a lot of implied violence, but you don't actually see anything. You Not don't. really, no. So that was that was one I had, I had realized too, that it's more the implied violence that yeah. makes it. It makes it worse. It yeah, makes absolutely. It scarier. It's what you don't see, and it's your mm-hmm. imagination that's creating what is going on. And that's why people oh. complain because they think yeah. what they've seen mm-hmm. in their head is what is actually on the screen. But Tarantino is the master of it. He really yeah. is. He he knows how to make your creative juices flow and you to think for yourself. This is why I so enjoyed his writing of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I just think the guy, I wish he'd do it for all his movies now. Mm-hmm. Go back mm-hmm. and write the movie, you know, the novelization of your movie. Yeah. It's such a good job on Once Upon a yeah. Time. Mm. So, agree. yeah. I agree. Uh, my one is one that has already been mentioned. I think, Neil, you mentioned it. It's the opening scene from Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think from the fact that you you don't know what uh, Christoph um, Waltz. Waltz knows, the mm. same as the, the farmer doesn't know what Christoph mm. Waltz knows. And you learn the same time as the farmer that he knows that there are Everything. people under the, flab- yeah. uh, under the floorboards. Yeah. Obviously, he knows that there are people under the floorboards. We don't know that. But that realisation, like you said, Kirsten, when the, the farmer realises that he's been caught and mm. his eyes just fill up with tears. He, um, yeah, that yeah. breaks my heart so much. I'm like, oh, that was so. Because yeah. he's being he's being so nice. He is giving him a, a, everything he wants, a glass of milk, mm-hmm. and he's very he's very nice with him. And uh, let's have a smoke. And he gets his big like Sherlock Holmes pipe out and mm-hmm. all of that stuff. But then that realization when he actually he knows he's he's the cleverest man in the room, and he knows that there are people under there. And the mm-hmm. fact that then he will switch how they're talking to English, I think it is. Yeah. Mm. So that the people under the floorboards yeah. have no idea Can't what they're talking about. Yeah. Oh, it's, just, it's just a masterful writing, masterful um, performances. And, and then created that character to, to be an evil, evil bastard. Oh, yes. So it really evil. did. It set him yes. up to think, holy shit, that's an evil yes. bastard. But he's also... there with um, Ray Fiennes. Yeah, but up there, but he's yeah. evil, but oh, he's, got yeah. no, he's got no morals because at no. the end he's quite happy to flip sides yeah. he, just to save himself. Mm-hmm. So it isn't necessarily something that he believes in. He's just caring about him, just getting the job done. And then when he realises that his side are going to lose, he wants to give up, but at a price. You know, He wants to be mm-hmm. able to make a deal and... Um, obviously, Brad Pitt decides that he's going to just um, carve a swastika in his head so he can't get away with it. The and way again, that there's real brutality, real brutality, yeah. and that's that's how it should be. Mm. That's how mm-hmm. it should be. For, right, we got a few uh, honourable mentions. 
so let's just quickly go through these. Uh, Nancy Trickle said, uh, why do I got to be Mr. Pink? Mr. Pink. That's my yeah. husband's. My husband's, that was his favorite. He's like, why do I have to be Mr. Pink? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's, that's such a good one as well. Yeah. Uh, Lindsay Pan Annan said, easy, all from Kill Bill 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. Done, she said. Ha <laughs> <laughs> uh, Larry Sala said, directed, mm, probably Pulp Fiction with Marvin getting shot in the car by Vinny. That was such an awesome scene. But how about written scene, true romance with Patricia Arquette and James yeah. Gandolfini in the most amazing fight scene. Uh, amazing. That's the one with the corkscrew, isn't it? It is. That's, and Come she, on, stick he, me, stick me. Come on. And then she drives it into his foot. Yeah. But that's a real brutal beating she gets Real brutal. That. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Kim Thomas Simon said, the crazy scene in Pulp Fiction with the adrenaline needle after Mia O'Dea. Yeah. Which uh, is funny. It shouldn't it be, but it's funny. funny. It is funny. Right here. That was fucking trippy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at Hoogenbards, I'm not sure if it counts as he didn't direct it, but the scene between Dennis Hopper and Christopher Walken in True Romance is yeah. just incredible. It Failing is. that, the opening of Reservoir Dogs when they talk about Madonna and tipping. Classic. At Nowhere Andy, ranch scene in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, subversion of the, expect- uh, of the expectation that it will end in a bloodbath and it ends entire getting changed. Genius. Uh, Chris Wellenger said he did an episode of ER that was one of the most intense things I've ever seen on network TV. I, I but he also did the that. CSI as well, didn't he? Did you watch that, oh, Chris? Did. The Buried Alive one, whatever it is. I can't remember what it's called now, but that was, yeah. I'll look that up. Yeah, I, I remember that ER. Mm. I was one of those people. I watched ER from the first episode to the last. And when he directed that episode, it was so, yeah, because it was like emergency room stuff. And of course, he's doing the close ups of like the saw, like someone breaks a leg and they need to do a saw. So he does a super close up of that just because, you know, it's Quentin. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's uh. him. And finally, John Church says so many classics, the ear scene in Reservoir Dogs, the mm-hmm. gimp scene in Pulp Fiction, the crazy 88s fighting Kill Bill, the bar scene in Inglorious Bastards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was yeah. funny. I commented on that. I said, you pick like four of those. Yeah. Because I, <laughs> yeah, I, I nearly sent the one saying, uh, spoilers, Kirsten, spoilers. <laughs> you can tell everybody what your top 10 is. But that's it. We've done it. We've done it. We've done Tarantino's best scenes. Nice. And... I think all it ends up doing for me is A, makes me hungry, and B, makes me just want to go and watch Tarantino movies. I think that's I thought it. you were yeah. going to say, go and watch dumplings. <laughs> no, I'm not going to yeah. watch dumplings. I might eat a few dumplings, but I'm definitely not going <laughs> to watch them. Um, yeah, so that's it. Kirsten, thank that's you so great. much for joining thank us. You. Oh, this was great. Sorry, my kid poked his head in. No, don't worry. Don't worry, you can come and join us next time. Yeah, he can do his top 10 Tarantino films. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, hopefully you'll come and join us again. Oh, I would love to. Yeah, Definitely so we'll do the we'll do the Tom Cruise movies next time. Then that'll be, that'll be fun. <laughs> Top ten Tom Cruise scenes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we want to thank you for your for your support. It really means a lot to us. So thank you so so much for that. Um, Neil, do you want to tell everybody how they can get in touch with us? And then, uh... of course, I can. So come and join us on all the social media sites. Give us a click. Give us a follow at Top Ten Pods. Email us at Top Ten Pods at hotmail.com for any suggestions, questions, whatever you may want to ask us, come and help support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash top 10 pods. There's all sorts of rewards. You can come and get your mitts on. Uh, check out all of our links via the link tree. You can just get the link in the notes below. And please come and subscribe and leave us a rating and review wherever you get your podcast from. Come on. 
<laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> that was lovely. That was lovely. Well, that was one of the most fun I've had doing the podcast, I must admit, because yeah. it was just uh, just three Tarantino fans shooting yes. shit about his greatest <laughs> scenes. I think it was absolutely fantastic. It is. Um, Talk about it for hours, really. You, that's the thing. you just yeah. keep going and going. And like I say, I do feel we've missed a chance here to get 10 episodes out of this one idea I know. In, in, instead of just shooting it all into one episode yeah, we so could have yeah, so you well, we could always have a break off have, couldn't we out, move them around. <laughs> yeah yeah your next 10 favorite tarantino <laughs> yeah because we could easily do it again and have oh. 10 completely different scenes yeah, absolutely mm-hmm. without a doubt or we just pick a different director and we go mm-hmm. 10 favorite whatever so. scenes yeah kirsten thank you so much thank you, thank you so so much uh neil Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Pav. Thank you very much, Kirsten. Been a joy, an absolute joy. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for listening and watching. And let's go start the countdown. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.